Capital Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, I was happy to see Tucker Carlson made this a part of his show last night, and it's getting some traction today. The the study that came out on how awful it has been for kids' mental health, the schools being um, closed all this time. And uh, this is a story that should be getting more attention than it even is. Uh, just unbelievable explosions of anxiety, depression, suicidal tendencies, Drug and alcohol abuse. All the bad things you try to keep away from your kids. Just an explosion of that year to year in the latest statistics that have come out. And at the risk of putting the conclusion at the beginning of the segment, the idea that uh, Texas should make moves toward opening up and uh, and the cry goes up from the blue states, from the mainstream media, oh, it's dangerous, this could be dangerous, something bad might happen. Something truly unthinkably bad is happening right now, is happening. It's happening near you, and it's because the schools are closed. I'm sorry, which of these Tucker clips uh, includes all that information, Hanson? I don't know that. So, okay, Let, like let's roll that. He goes through this, and it's, it's just astounding. Kids are depressed and dejected, and they are regressing. That's the word from a mother in Los Angeles. People who have paid attention have known that for a long time, knew it was happening. But a new analysis by Fair Health shows just how destructive the lockdowns have been, worse than you thought. Now, the survey didn't rely on questions they asked people. Instead, it looked at the data, billions of health care records and insurance claims. And here's the top-line conclusion of the study, quote, The COVID-19 pandemic has had a profound impact on mental health, particularly that of young people. School closures, having to learn remotely and isolating from friends due to social distancing, have been sources of stress and loneliness. Well, that's bad. How bad is it? Here's how bad it is. Among children aged 13 to 18, teenagers, insurance claims for intentional self-harm were up 90% in March of 2020 compared to the previous year. The next month, in April, Self-harm cases rose by nearly 100%. Claims for medical help related to drug overdoses went up 95% in March and then to 113% in April. And those numbers remained elevated through the fall. Why? Why was this happening? Mental illness caused by coronavirus lockdowns. Quote, for the age group 13 to 18 in April 2020, insurance claims for generalized anxiety disorder increased 93.6% as a percentage of all medical claims. In April of 2019, major depressive disorder claims increased 83.9% and adjustment disorder claims by 89.7%, end quote. Thanks to the coronavirus lockdowns, children are 10 times more likely to die from suicide than from the coronavirus they're meant to be protected from. So that is the new normal that Andrew Cuomo and the New York Times are working to make permanent in this country. A friend of mine uh, uh, who has uh, several kids struggling with mental health right now because of the close downs and the pandemic and all that sort of stuff told me the other day his biggest expense right now is therapy for the kids. Um, uh, These statistics came from this Fair Health. It's a group, a nonprofit that collects data for privately billed health insurance claims. So they didn't come into this with the agenda of finding this out. They just collect all this data, and it's it's extensive. 32 billion records that they look at. Um, 
of all kinds of different things, studying kids of various ages. And you, uh, if you understand statistics and those, maybe you all do, but you know, something that increases 90% or whatever, that's practically doubling. Right. Practically doubling year to year. Anxiety, you know, suicide attempts, drug use, all this stuff. It's just incredible. And it is practically impossible for that to happen. If you look back at the history of, of just the United States, youth in the United States, the idea that year-to-year suicide would double, that's unthinkable. And this is just the greatest example I've ever experienced of fixation and the dangers of fixation. We've talked about this a lot. The the people who still want the schools closed have been uh, urging them to stay closed, uh, you know, the usual suspects we've been talking about. Some of them are are awful people, some of the teachers' unions. It's just extortion for money. But a lot of the well-meaning people have just become so fixated on the COVID, they have become blind. It's it's like a severe case of myopia. They've been blinded to all of these other things that affect their children, our children, my children. And it's the, the results are devastating. It's almost impossible for me to comprehend how people remain myopic and, and, and don't get this. I know, and it's uh, it's 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 just awful. So all day long, will you hear people, uh, particularly on the left, screaming and yelling about Texas and how reckless this is? Again, that's theoretical. Maybe we'll find out it is reckless to lift the mask mandate. I don't think so because I'm pro freedom, but um, maybe there will be some result. But that's all theoretical. This is not theoretical. We have solid evidence that closing the schools is devastating to kids. And we're and we're going to talk about what might happen in Texas all day long. I think Tucker was in fuego last night, absolutely on fire. Why don't we go ahead and play clip fifty-seven, where you can compare and contrast our message over the last sixty seconds with, say, the head of the LA Teachers Union. And if the teachers unions have their way, your child may die of a drug OD before going back to school. And if you complain about that, you're a white supremacist. That was the explicit message yesterday from the president of Los Angeles Teachers Union. Watch. Some voices are being allowed to speak louder than others. We have to call out the privilege behind the largely white, wealthy parents driving the push for a rushed return. Their experience of this pandemic is not our students' families' experiences. So the woman you just heard is called Cecily Mayart Cruz. The first thing you'll find in her official biography is the fact that she is, quote, the first woman of color in the union's 50-year history. So Cecily Mayart Cruz believes her skin color is a job qualification somehow, maybe the most important one she has. Why is she saying this? She's hoping you won't notice that she's incompetent or that her positions don't make any sense at all. Cecily Mayart Cruz is telling us that poor families benefit most from closing public schools, but of course the opposite is true. Poor families need their kids back in school more than anyone does because they don't have alternatives. Most of the, quote, white wealthy parents she is attacking don't use the public schools precisely because they don't want their kids anywhere near lazy mediocrities like Cecily Mayart Cruz. Parents with privilege have options and they run away. That's the other really upside down thing that has been going on about this conversation the whole time. The, if, if we've got this national craze about privilege and equity and everything like that, people that can afford to or have the connections to get their kids a tutor or into a different school or whatever are are managing this situation different than poorer kids. I mean, it's obviously way worse for the underprivileged uh, crowd. 
I, I think most of us, when we were reading Orwell, as youths, or recently thought, oh, he's, he's exaggerating to make his points clear. But here you have a woman saying exactly the opposite of what is true. War is peace. What is she saying is the idea that we need to get the kids back in school is not standing up for the poor and the underprivileged, the kids of color. Oh, really, all kids. No, it's the opposite. It's white supremacy, and it's trying to victimize those kids. Now, she never gets around to explaining how the hell that could be true, because, of course, it couldn't be. But the mindless adherence of her nut job philosophy just say, yeah, yeah, white supremacy bad. Yeah, yeah, opening schools bad. Come on, people think. How many people are buying into that, I wonder? My, my, my uh, very real passion about this subject and anger about it is not for my own kid. I got him into a different private school. He's been in school the entire year. Things are fine for him. Things are normal for him, school-wise. So mm-hmm. this is all, my, my my being upset about it is just in general for everybody else. Um, it's wild that she thinks it's a the privilege to want the schools open again. And, well, like you said, it's just completely upside down. Um, by the way, and um, this uh, speaks to just conversations I've had with friends who have girls, it seems to be way worse for girls than it is for boys. The whole mental health, anxiety, depression, all that sort of stuff. While girls accounted for two-thirds of claim lines before the outbreak, and it's always that's always a bigger problem for girls, this sort of stuff, for whatever reason, the percentage has grown a fair amount and is up into the high 70 percentile now. As a guy who has raised two girls to adulthood, I will tell you that, um, and also coached a bunch of girls' sports teams and that sort of thing, the the social identity of a girl is so much a part of her total identity. Who am I uh, among my peers? What do my peers think of me? Who are my friends? What are my social networks? That's enormous. I mean, boys have friends, and it's critically important, but it's just not as important in the same way as an adolescent girl. And so, yeah, this this is, if I were, I mean, truly evil, genocidally evil, and I wanted to ruin American girls, adolescent girls, I would do what's happening now. I can think of no better way to make, just fill with despair and, 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 and sadness um, American girls than what's happening right now. So there's another supposedly underprivileged group, girls in school, which actually, you know, uh, academic-wise are doing better than boys, but continue to be treated like they are, um, uh, which is weird. Uh, but so it's not only not a white male thing, it's a people of color female thing of, of poor people. Keep to a large extent. Th- that's yep. getting hurt the most by having the schools closed. Yeah. And yet the left is for continuing that because the teachers union say, so I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't figure out how you justify it. Nobody ever asks these governors to explain it so they don't have to. Um, one other thing, just to, from an education standpoint, I know more, a lot more about, um, like K through 12, cause I've talked to a lot of people. I was actually talking to our babysitter who is a neuro- neuroscience major at a major university because she wants to be a brain surgeon or something. I mean, she's like on the super hard schooling track. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was talking to it about, and I said, how is this whole school, the distance, eh, this and that, and not as good, blah, blah, blah. I said, I, I, she said, I took, I'm taking way more classes than I normally would because they've made them way easier so I can oh, take boy. more classes. And, uh, I was talking about, yeah, how my, I, last year I was asking my nieces and various people, what percentage of schooling do you think you're getting out of Zoom versus real? And, and I remember my one straight A niece saying, uh, maybe five, 
She said, I'm probably getting 30%, maybe 30% of the learning out of somebody who wants to become a brain surgeon. Right. Out, of, out of a year of school. that That's got to play out at some point in society, doesn't it? If people are getting good grades for doing way less work in things like that? Guaranteed. It's got to. Of course. And it will bear itself out in reduced educational achievement, reduced income throughout a lifetime, reduced uh, you know technological advancement in this country and around the world. It's devastating. Interesting. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And finally, some international news. Japan just made an odd request on behalf of its citizens who have visited China during the pandemic. Listen to this. Japan's government has asked China not to conduct coronavirus tests using anal swabs. There's actually a banned Dr. Seuss book about this. There's a swab in my thingamabob. <laughs> I can't wow. believe China's doing this. They are only doing this to to stick it to, if you'll pardon the expression, to other people. I won't just pardon that. No, <laughs> me neither. Okay, just to humiliate. They're just doing it to humiliate people. Now, it's like we're on, the China. We're, we're China's new cellmate. You know, there's nothing I've seen anywhere that says, no, 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 that's the much more accurate way. No, they're doing it. They're, they're testing the president. They're testing all kinds of people in with the nose swabs or the spit swabs. China's just doing this to U.S. diplomats, Jap- Japanese diplomats, uh, people just be, to, to screw with them. It's crazy. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's disconcerting. Certainly, you're looking forward to your Chinese vacation. And before you know it, you oh, oh. My. I just realized, do you remember what my New Year's resolution was? I'd have to think about it. Get new glasses. Oh, <laughs> and I haven't done it yet. That's not a resolution. That's just on a to-do list. That's what Sean said. That's not a resolution. It's an errand. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was my New Year's resolution. I haven't done it. I just thought of that when I put on my glasses and they hurt my face because I hurt my the face. The only benefit of having that as a New Year's resolution is that it is infinitely achievable. It is a it is a goal that you can accomplish. You, you would think, <laughs> yeah. Wait so a minute, far, checking the calendar, maybe not. My glasses hurt my head, and so I wanted to get different ones. Um, <laughs> uh, the Washington Football Team, which is their actual name, since they're not allowed to be called the Redskins anymore, is no longer going to have cheerleaders, but will feature a dance squad. Ah, which is just admitting finally that uh, the cheerleader thing. Uh, we're not high school. We got kind of half strippers out there. In their underwear, uh, gyrating into uh, hip hop music—that's what we're doing here. Okay, and 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 what's the objection? I think entertaining. I think it's stupid. It's exotic dance. It's a beautiful art form. It's stupid. I've always thought it was stupid. I think it's stupid now, but there must be right, enough so people that like it. What's the difference between a cheerleader and a dance team? Oh, co-ed most likely. Uh, oh. uh, less like pom poms and cheerleading skirts, and more just kind of dancing in regular clothes. May I think it might be just. Because there was always this kind of thinly veiled, like, we're doing it to support the team to get people riled up for the... No, you're you're shaking your ass at me. That's what you're doing. And again, yeah. the problem is... So I think it's, you know, push them back, push them back, way back. Let's not... <laughs> no need to even think about pushing them back right now. I've Give me thought... a D. Give me a double D. 
<laughs> oh, Hello. Geez. I've always thought they should pair with like local colleges and have like gymnastic tumbling displays, I'd like athletic feats. Yeah, I'd rather see that. An athletic competition, etc. I'd yeah. rather see that. I'd definitely rather see a good marching band without mm-hmm. without a doubt. And um, to the exotic dancers listening, listen to Jack and Sean try to knock the food out of your kids' mouths. <laughs> this is shocking to me. Uh, Shaquille, speaking of sports, Shaquille O'Neal slammed the new era of NBA players, calling them pudding pops yesterday, which apparently was, some, pops. was controversial on some level. I don't know, because a Cosby pudding pop, I don't know. I don't know why it was controversial. Because pudding pops are chocolate? I don't know. Um, as a Target stockholder, uh, this made me happy, Target grew a lot during the pandemic. Revenue increased more than it had in the previous 11 years combined. Wow. For Target in the past year because of the pandemic. I know I've bought a ton of stuff at Target in the last year. But more than you would have. Does staying at home uh, make you lust for new dad jeans or what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I haven't noodled that through. My read on a lot of these is some of the ancillary competition uh, smaller businesses and the like that mm. these com- these companies typically would have had, they weren't able to stay open during these. Very, that makes sense. Yeah, positive Sean with an excellent point there. All the that kind of shopping got focused at Target. So we've been talking about this attack. Iran attacked our military base and what's going on there in sixty minutes. We got a new wrinkle on that. Well, yeah, the general was full of crap, according to an authoritative commentator. Wow. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And I think that the president didn't rely on his instincts well enough, didn't have that, didn't, didn't even seem there was a plan for it. For, for example, the second those rockets left uh, Iranian territory, we had targeted on them. We could have responded immediately to them. Uh, but I also think, again, that question gets back to where are the air defense capabilities and why, if we were going to have all these airplanes sitting in the middle of the desert in, in Iraq, we don't have any way to, to protect them. What, what were we thinking? We'd seen them use those rockets before. Longtime guest on the Armstrong and Getty show, Mike Lyons, who seemed really agitated by this story that came out on 60 Minutes Sunday night. Like, why do we have a military base so poorly protected? We have a bunch of planes and people there, but no ability to stop incoming missiles. We have abilities to stop incoming missiles. Quick note before I forget it, that entire conversation with Mike Lyons, Major Mike Lyons, is available at uh, armstrongandgetty.com as an extra-large podcast. But um, he was highly critical of the general in the story and some of his claims. In, in so critical, I was kind of taken aback as we were talking to Mike. And then uh, overnight, uh, we were alerted by a friend at the Hoover Institution indirectly of a Twitter thread. It deals with the general's description of how uh, they uh, they didn't evacuate the 1,000 troops and all the airplanes until after Iran had downloaded its last picture, its last satellite picture of the night. And then they swiftly went into action and then evacuated the the troops and everything and, and saved lots of lives and that sort of thing. Which sounded pretty clever to me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, military expert Dr. Jeffrey Lewis, who's an instructor at uh, can't the, uh, the Monterey Institute of uh, at something, uh, International Studies, does graduate, nothing but graduate degrees and, uh, and uh, military stuff and international relations, that sort of thing. He's out with a Twitter thread that was recommended by uh, someone with the Hoover Institution. Uh, and I'm just going to read you a part of it. 
General McKenzie's tale about waiting for the Iranians to download a satellite image is bullspit. And David Martin of 60 Minutes just lapping it up, asking for seconds. Here's the thread. Problem number one, the story could not have occurred on the timeline that uh, General McKenzie describes. There's a big time gap between when a picture is taken, the collection time, and when the image is available to customers, the delivery time. The image has to go from the satellite to the ground station, then to the company, finally to the customer. In reality, only a very small number of commercial satellite imagery providers, like he lists them, uh, offer images on anything like the timeline implied by General McKenzie. More likely, McKenzie doesn't understand what he's saying because he could have moved his forces after the satellite collected the image. If McKenzie waited several hours after collection, waiting for the image to be delivered, he should be relieved of command for incompetence. Any comment, Jack, before I go on? Um, we were told a story in the beginning that was all lies, so why would I expect that the story now is all truth? Um, it's, it's, it's from the same military people that told us a different story when it happened, so I, I don't know what to think. Now, if that obfuscation or spin is to protect our troops, to mask our true abilities, that sort of thing, sure. I'm fine with Absolutely. it. Absolutely, no, no problem. If it's a bad general covering his ass, I'm not fine with it. Going on with the threat. Problem number two, General McKenzie claims the satellite image showed, quote, airplanes on the ground and people working in the last image before he moved them. It's uncommon to see piloted aircraft in Ain al-Assad out in the open, and the resolution isn't good enough to see people working. But here's the thing. We often do see, see UAVs, that's, uh, that's uh, drones essentially, and helicopters out in the open. McKenzie did not move those, at least not to a safe distance. They were still parked in the open near the craters. At least one helicopter was damaged in the strike, and he shows a, a satellite image. Problem number three, I can't find any evidence that any commercial satellite firm offered for sale a picture from the days before the strike. The most recent pre-strike images from the big ones were taken on December 30th, more than a week prior. Um, and then he goes into detail how he's sure that's accurate. I, I'm hoping and, and thinking that it's got something to do with what you mentioned. We have, we have the ability to intercept their information or something. And we don't, we don't want to tip that off at all. Iran. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be part of unmasking something that ought to be kept masked. On the other hand, I don't really appreciate being misled on 60 Minutes and told a tale full of drama and valor that maybe, you know, bunk. But I've always uh, found it entertaining since I was young, just the idea of a story was wrong, then you hear another version of it. Now we know the truth. Well, why, why, why would this one be any more accurate? And then, interestingly enough, and again, the motives, I don't know, and that that affects my attitude a great deal. But problem number four, Iran did show high-resolution satellite images of Ain al-Assad from before and after the strike. The before image that Iran showed, however, was taken at least 11 days, and very likely more than that, prior to the, the strike based on the structures that are visible. It seems very unlikely that Iran possessed a more recent image of the base, uh, as they were perfectly willing to show fresh commercial images from after the strike that are only a day old in the briefing. Generals make up stories all the time, but this one is pernicious because it implicates commercial satellite imagery and an attack on American forces. I'd like but to hear for- him expound, this person expound on generals make up stories all the time. Why? Is it almost entirely to protre- protect troops and secrets and strategies? Or is it to cover their asses? I would like to have him answer that. 
Yeah, that is the big question indeed. But just thought we would bring you that uh, correction slash addendum. That doesn't change the reality. It doesn't seem to me that we were attacked in a major way by an enemy of the United States and not only didn't respond, we pretended it didn't happen. And it's still a mystery as to why. Yeah, I still say there are policymakers up to, including President Trump, said, all right, we took out Soleimani. They hurt some of our guys, damaged some of our buildings. Nobody died. We won that round big. Do we go for another round, or do we take our winnings and, Boy, and sit on them for I a while? I don't know if that's the lesson they're going to take. Remember, the lesson Osama bin Laden took from, from a variety of things was they're weak. They back down if you push them. That might be the lesson Iran takes from this. You know, it's an excellent point. I do not know. A quick word from our good friends at Car Shield. Your car doesn't care what you saved your money for. You know, maybe a big vacation. Maybe you're going to pay off your mortgage. Maybe your kid's going off to college. And all of a sudden, you got a giant bill for a car repair. Or Car Shield, well, Car Shield can protect you from paying thousands for a covered repair, like if your AC goes out during the hot, hot summer. That reminds me, I know a story, a couple of young guys, they were probably in their mid-20s at the time. They're they building up this cross-country trip they were going to do. A trip of a lifetime, like right oh, after yeah. college, everything like that. Car broke down like within an hour of leaving at the very beginning. Oh, no. Just turned the trip into a nightmare. They needed a car shield is what they needed. Uh, that would have really helped. Helped over a million drivers already. America's number one auto protection company. Are you paying attention? Car shield's a big deal. Those two poorly equipped yet plucky youngsters would have gotten roadside assistance, rental coverage, and trip reimbursement all at no additional charge. CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong to save 10%. Get more information. CarShield.com. Code Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Once again, CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong. One of the biggest headlines of the day is that Texas is back open, according to Governor Abbott. No more masks. Businesses are open. We're 100% open. Woohoo! Everything goes except cattle rustling. We will still hang horse thieves. But everything else is open. And you uh, should still have more cattle than hat. All right. And uh we'll see how that goes. I'm 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 not exactly sure of the details of this. I, I can tell you the way it's being portrayed on the uh lefty media is it's a reckless mass murder attempt by a by, by a, the, the, the mean governor and the whole country's going to pay a price. I don't know. On the other hand, as we've already made clear today, we are paying a price for the shutdown. It's enormous. It is economic. It is emotional. It is educational. It is in the thousands of lives, suicide victims, drug overdoses, the rest of it. We are paying a huge price. If Texas sees that the situation is right to open up and get back to business and school and the rest of it, the idea that that's dangerous but continuing the lockdown isn't, it's just idiotic. It's just wrong. Also, I wear a mask every single day, and I don't have any idea if I'm under a mandate to wear a mask. I choose to because I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but why the gorilla mask? I don't understand that. So that I can walk like this? <laughs> He's doing his gorilla walk, <laughs> folks. I wish it was TV. <laughs> yeah, of course, and, and we ought to talk, talk a little bit more about what Texas is doing, but Governor Abbott has absolutely empowered the counties. Look, if you have an actual crisis... You know, the COVID surges back in your county. You have the flexibility to do what is appropriate. Let me bring up that Robbie Suave uh, tweet again, because I thought that was really interesting, the uh, the libertarian guy. Given that the original justification for all these lockdowns was preventing hospitals from being overwhelmed, I'd say this is, if anything, overdue. Everybody forgets that was the whole thing. 
We have to lie. We have to shut down your business. I know it's an extraordinary move, but it's to keep the hospitals. For, the hospitals aren't overwhelmed or anywhere close. Now, if you've got a different reason now, you got to tell us. But that was the original reason for right. all of this. We've been lecturing you for years and years, and uh, you know, sorry if it's gotten a little ish. But power gained is never relinquished. They'll come up with a reason to hold on to quote unquote emergency powers till the end of time. I've been reading about that my whole life, watching it in other countries, but watching it in my own country in real time and living through it is is something. How slow they are to give back your right to run your own damn business. Right, or attend school, or just walk down your street. Hey, speaking of the twisted attitudes yeah, the of the mainstream media it, the versus... More, the more yeah, I think about ahead. it, the crazier it is that people are screaming at this Governor Abbott so much. So there's a guy with a hardware store in Lukenbach, Texas, who's saying, my customers come in wearing masks, we socially distance, we wipe things down, everything's fine, but I'm not... A, well, a hardware store's a bad example, because they're essential business. Pick a different one. Um, but, but, you know, just a regular business... Um, and I'm not allowed to be open? Why? Why do you get to tell me I can't be open? Here in Lubbock, Texas, we hardly have any COVID. People wear masks. What? Anyway, I agree 100%. The mainstream media's twisted view of America and Americans uh, proved once again by some polls that are out that will shock you if all you do is take in CNN, the New York Times, and, and the rest of it. Your fellow Americans think of a heck of a lot more like you do than like the media does. We'll have that for you in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the first week of Women's History Month. That's right. It's that time of the year when men celebrate women's history by repeating it back to women just a little louder as if we thought of it ourselves. (laughs) I get it. It's a mansplaining joke. I don't know. Any man who hits the men are so stupid thing in an obvious uh, effort to curry favor with women is no friend of mine. Um, uh, we'll have to talk about Black History Month later because February is Black History Month. And will the Clarence Thomas documentary get to go back on uh, Amazon again after it was taken down? Why was the Clarence Thomas documentary taken off for Black History Month? Quiet, quiet. Clarence Thomas doesn't exist. Thomas Sowell doesn't exist. Shelby Steele doesn't exist. None of these people exist. Shh. Maybe all black people think and vote the same. And why are we serving our soldiers raw meat that is rotten and metal shavings in their meals? Maybe we'll get to that story later. Uh, I would suggest we stop doing that. Uh, So uh, one of the main themes around here, if you're a new listener, you and your neighbors, you know what's right and what's true and what's good about the United States and your state and your community and the rest of it. You get a twisted funhouse mirror view of it through the media. Trust yourself. Trust your judgment. Trust your neighbors. And I'm going to give you some poll results, and I would suggest to you that if a lot of your friends and neighbors weren't constantly sucking down mainstream media, that these numbers would be even more notable in the direction that we're going to point out. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I hear if what you're saying. If we had media, the numbers would be even more overwhelming. But here you go. 
<clears throat> and uh, Ryan Gerdusky was uh, tweeting about this. I thought it was pretty good. It was a Harvard-Harris poll. Which do you find more concerning, the violence in American cities during the summer, last summer, or the riots at the Capitol January 6th? They're both terrible, by the way, of course, but 55% said the violence in the cities. 45% said the January 6th riot. And who did this poll again? Harvard slash Harris Research. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll let you contemplate that one for a second. Do you think Antifa is a domestic terrorist group? You ask the media, you'd get a, a pretty uh, obvious answer. Antifa doesn't exist. You ask uh, Democratic Congress people, that's a figment of the Seventy-one percent said yes, they're a terrorist group. Seventy-one wow. percent. Wow. Only twenty-nine percent said no, they're not. Do you think the Proud Boys are a domestic terrorist group? Sixty-six percent said yes. Uh, I happen to think they arose specifically as a response to Antifa, and they're a bunch of conservative guys who like to fist fight. Uh, but you know, you're certainly entitled to your opinion. Uh, do you think that the events at the U.S. Capitol are being used by politicians to suppress legitimate political movements? Or do you think there's no such suppression of legitimate movements? Two-thirds of people said, yeah, I think it's being used by politicians to suppress legitimate political movements. Isn't that something? Sure, this is a Harvard study. Uh, Harvard-Harris, yeah. yeah. And James Gerdusky's a good guy. I mean, I'd, uh, I've never been misled by him before. Here are Biden's most popular executive orders, favorable and unfavorable. Requiring masks in airports and federal land, 78 to 22. People are fine with it. Uh, moratorium on evictions, 73 to 27. 100-day masking challenge, whatever the hell that means, uh, 71 29. Extending the pause on student loans, 68 to 32. Oh. Now, here are his least popular executive orders, favorable and unfavorable. Requiring schools to let biological boys play girls' sports, it's 45 to 55. And uh, if people would listen to us for two minutes, and I want to talk more about this later, um, it would be, you know, 80 to 20, maybe, and that 20% would be insane people. Uh, so that one's 10 points underwater. Reducing deportations for illegal aliens who have committed a crime. That one's 10 points underwater. That's a, a significant majority thinks that's a terrible idea. Canceling the Keystone Pipeline underwater, 47 to 53. Hmm. Reducing immigration enforcement. This one's closer than like it you, ought to be. You would never take from taking in the just regular media that the Keystone thing was more unpopular than popular. No, you'd think it was three to one unpopular. And finally, reducing immigration enforcement is uh, underwater by a couple of points, 49 to 51. So again, the idea is you think letting boys play against girls in sports is crazy? So does most of America. You think canceling the Keystone Pipeline was idiotic symbolism and actually bad for the environment? So do your friends and neighbors. And you're right. Just for instance. Hmm. I don't know what you do with this information. I have an idea. What's that? Stop watching cable news. Stop watching cable news. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, stop reading the New York Times. Stop reading the Washington Post. Stop on a lot of the big websites. Just listen to the Armstrong and Getty show so, around the clock. But so, don't watch the news. I don't, Good I don't, decision, son. I don't know, but I don't think the average person is working as hard as you are, Sean, to try to get you know the whole story. If people if people stop watching the obviously biased 
but that, that Bigfoot media, they seem to go f- from everything I see, even to things even more polarized. But this poll suggests that people are doing that. People are finding the real story. It's just not what's being talked about yeah. on media. Yeah, the, the result would, uh, would lead you to believe that. Hmm. There, there, with the internet, the truth has never been more available. You just oh, need no, to develop no your that. own filter and your own uh, way to navigate it. There's no doubt about that. But we got this, you know, we got this stuff about what people are looking at on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> for instance, that would run counter to that. Oh boy! So you know, s- seeking out the most extreme views on things. Huh. Do I trust people to seek out the truth as opposed to just things that? confirm their priors as they say mm, i don't i don't think <laughs> well then well, well then well then self-government doesn't work a democracy well, if you can keep it a republic if you can keep it doesn't right. work if if you don't believe people will seek out the truth as opposed to just confirming their priors which is why it's so critical that we have a republic and not a democracy so the people can look around and think you know i'm kind of stupid and he's kind of stupid <laughs> she's really stupid <laughs> But she is super smart, and we'll have her represent us. And then the the uh, the honorable, the smart, the uh, the best among us will gather in a particular place, perhaps by the uh, side of the Potomac, and 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 uh, pass such laws as we need to govern ourselves. I mean, that's the idea. I saw the George Carlin quote the other day that he used to say. If you think the average person is stupid, you have to realize that half the people are stupider than that person. <laughs> wow. Which is a little tough to deal with. Wow. Present company accepted, of course, my friends. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Hour three, we're going to talk to Mark Krikorian about the situation on the border not to be missed. Grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com if you have to go away. Armstrong and Getty.